Every wall that exists in our modern built environment is an invitation. An open invitation to bring more beauty, delight, and connection into our lives and communities through art. Hi, I'm Morgan and hostess of If These Walls Could Talk. Do you know of any bare walls that could use a transformation? Whether you're an artist or an art advocate, this podcast will provide the inspiration to make your next mural project a huge success. Before I launch into this episode, I wanted to let you know that I still have space available in an upcoming mural painting workshop that I'm teaching. So if you've ever wanted to learn how to paint exterior murals so that you can take your art out into the big wide world and paint public spaces, this is a great workshop to give you the tools to learn how to do that. On today's episode, I'm hanging out in the van with two artists who I've hired to help me with a painting project in Pleasanton. And it's such a privilege to work with each of these artists. The first, Paz de Calzada. She has been in San Francisco the last 13 years, but she's originally from Spain. And she focuses on site-specific artwork. She incorporates a lot of found materials in some of her projects, like she's working with a project with carpets right now and working a lot on the public art arena. My other guest is Shannon Geis. Shannon Geis has been working like 20 years in the decorative art arena. She has a ton of experience with that and also lives in San Francisco. And they each bring different skills to the project. And it's also such a highlight to just share information, both tools and process, and also about what's working as an artist for them and what their struggles are. So with this episode, we're just going to talk about what we usually talk about during our lunch hour and see where that goes. All right, here we go. And I also want to say in this episode, there's a funny moment. So my recording studio is actually my van. And when I was recording this podcast, I had parked in someone else's parking spot. And so I had to move the van halfway through the recording. So you'll hear that slight interruption. It's a little bit funny, but we weren't able to edit it out because they were making such good points throughout the whole podcast. So I didn't want to cut all these good points. So the recording studio was actually mobile for part of this podcast. And... I hope you enjoy the episode. All right, welcome to a new episode of If These Walls Could Talk. And today I have in my van with me Paz de la Calzada and Shannon Geis. And they are helping me paint some utility boxes in Pleasanton. And we have lunch every day and we have the most enlightening conversations. They're super hardworking artists. They've both been at it as long as I have. And so many years of different kinds of projects, figuring out different ways to make money, making art. So I thought it'd be interesting to just kind of interview them so you guys can get a sense of a day in the life and 
you know, what my artists are that I hang out with. So, <laughs> hi. Hey. Hi there. <laughs> so we're drinking tea. We are have chocolate and snickerdoodles. I have to keep keep my artists happy. Yes. <laughs> Well, we're very, very <laughs> proud and lucky to be working with you. We're very happy to be learning a lot mm -hmm. <laughs> and getting better. And that's, I think, one of the fun things about like working with other artists is, mm -hmm. is like you can learn. You, you, there's all these tricks that like yeah. you can only that you could maybe pick up on your on your own. But just you know, like like the tape yesterday, you can use the tool to rip the tape and just the little things that sometimes working with other people just. Yeah. can like branch you out to totally i always learn so much about working with people we're always just like in our own thing and then you i mean you've been we've all been doing it so long it's amazing there's still so much to learn and i've actually worked with because i started out in faux finishing so i've actually worked with groups of women that's how i started was oh, groups wow. of women working for a big company just faux finishing faux finishing and then I'll tell you how I started as That's Shannon. <laughs> Shannon Geis. I like to talk. She's so... And then... Shannon Geis keeps me laughing. So, yeah, tell tell me about, like, a little bit about your career trajectory. Tell me about what's changed now from what you've started. Like, I'm curious also... I'm always trying Money. to educate myself. Oh, tell Money. me about that. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think people are, like, willing to pay more than mm -hmm. they were in the past. I don't know, maybe it's because I'm at a different place in my career, but not necessarily even like people I get from Yelp or whatever. I just tell them a big number. You know, I'm right now I'm 700 a day. Mm -hmm. But I mean, honestly, honestly, it ends up like averaging like 300 a day. Uh -huh. You know, because I'm always uh -huh. giving free days and then there's planning and then there's packing your car and all that stuff. But I mean, my next job, I'm getting $1,000 a day. Wow. which is like wow. cuckoo bananas. So people are willing to pay more than they were when you started out in oh, terms yeah. of like a budget and valuing yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I was getting, I think, 240 a day for years and years and years, or, you know, sometimes less than that, just doing faux finishing. But it was fun because it was, a, you know, big groups of people mm -hmm. and, you know... And these but how much mansions. has your rent gone up in San Francisco in the last 15 years? Rent control. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fist bump so, on that I one. Know. <laughs> I know. My landlords hate me. If all artists were so lucky. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Good, good. And this is kind of a funny story. Tell them what you're doing next week for so much money. Well, I'm doing an ombre finish, and I'm painting over Morgan's, like, amazing... Like safari, like this amazing zebra with like these great. I only got to look at it for a minute, but it, it like the the white she used. She didn't use white. She used like a yellow. It was just so warm and soft. Like I like I would just go straight to white for a zebra. It'd be like black and white, and like maybe some gray. So just I mean I think like working with you so far, just like even. You know, you were telling me about warm up the green, and I'm like, what? Orange and green? No! Mm -hmm. But, I mean, maybe that's basic for other people, but for some reason that's it didn't true. totally... For some reason it makes it so much easier that it's getting painted over that you appreciated it, <laughs> oh, yeah, and that you yeah, got yeah. to see it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It was kind of before, and the tree and the little baboon was so yeah. cute. Yeah, and I we mean, were talking about this yesterday, but, like, in general, as artists, we we look for work and paid yeah. work is great and yeah. so you know it's 
things get painted over, but as yeah. it creates more work, it's kind of good yeah. for everybody. So rather than get too attached, it's better to move along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's also one of the reasons why, you know, you move on. I mean, you're kind of moving on from like residential to more public art because more people see it, more people are enjoying it. It's like giving more value. And it's, I mean, it's more rewarding for me too. I mean, that's when lots of people see what you're doing and it really like, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's obviously fun to do work with individual clients too. I'm not, I'm not knocking those people paying me. Like, yeah. I'm just kidding. And tell me, you've talked a lot about like what your passion project is. You have your dream job. I would like to literally just do, go into like a hospital or a recuperative place and just do room after room after room of different types of murals, different styles, mostly healing landscape kind of and that's like one of the reasons I you know like I want to learn how you do landscapes because I'm I'm not she's very lying. good at she's lying I can't <laughs> I can do a landscape I can but I, I it, what what takes me a week to a month takes you two days you know and it's better that's the problem I did rooms at rock for chemo which was I'm gonna drive totally transformed to the me they just gave box. me a room mm -hmm. that I could paint mm -hmm. and there was no there was no limits. It's like, here's a room in a children's hospital, do what you want. And oh, it was fantastic. like, oh my God, yeah. And it was so beautiful, like all these people came in mm -hmm. and I totally believe that anyone can paint. So like, if you give them an image and say like, this striped snake and here's these colors and here's this brush that you need to do it with. Mm -hmm. And it'll take them three hours, what might take you 10 minutes, mm -hmm. but they can do it, you know? So that, that was really fun. I liked you doing guys, that I setting up volunteers. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to do San Francisco Park mm. murals in a Degornesar or whatever, just San Francisco parks, just painting that sounds awesome mm -hmm. uh, for murals. And you were saying yours, your thing that you're most proud of, of the thing that I've been most proud and my, my, my name is Paz, now it's yeah, Paz, Paz Turn. <laughs> my most uh, prolific project, I think, or the project that has given me more, more joy, most joy in the last few years, it's public interactive site-specific labyrinth that I created with recycled carpets from casinos and hotels. And I mean, one of the things about the art that I do is that I don't look for inspiration very far away from my immediate community, immediate neighborhood. So in the last few years since I moved to San Francisco, I've been very focused on working with social issues and problems that affect all the inhabitants most directly where I live in the Mission District and also like along Market Street and the Tenderloin, which are neighborhoods in San Francisco that have had a long history of displacement and other other issues and you're so you're like a, a conceptual you're more of a conceptual well I'm 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 both I mean I think that and we were talking about this yeah. yesterday I think for me a good art project is the one that has a good concept that really addresses social issues or something that needs to be acknowledged by the community or something that needs to be healed in a very deep level and also a high dose of craft and technical Ability. expertise, yeah. Yeah. you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Good. Good. So I think that, uh, I think for me, there has to be a balance, you know, um, something that is, is 
only conceptual, I have a hard time to digest because probably I need to put a lot of effort in understanding the layers and the whys and the how and, and all this. And, and some other projects that are only visual and they're only beautiful, I also have a t hard time to connect what is, what is the healing process here? What is the resolution that the artist is bringing into the world? So I think I normally am drawn to projects that have that, that balance. Yeah, I don't think about that so much. Like, what is the resolution that this goal, you know, like the bird boxes are, the goal is to create a, a bird watching team. I don't think that you have to look so profoundly into, into that. I think, I think that uh, art is, it's more like there is an issue that needs to be addressed, whatever it is. Are the birds in this, in this area safe? Are they really the same birds now that 100 years ago? How are we treating our environment? So, you know, that doesn't have to be like something super existential. There's another aspect that I, I like to bring to the table around art. And it's that art, painting, drawing, sculpture, anything that has to do with, with the craft, it's uh, the language of the sub subconscious mind. I mean, the way that the, that the subconscious mind understands a lot of things is through images, through images that we make, that we create, because we are the creators. And that's why it's important to bring public arts, like art into the public sphere. It's important to wake up every day feeling like I am a creator and we all are creators and we all have the ability to really transform the world outside and inside mm -hmm. using the art materials that we can that we can actually get. And you and I'm not a big advocate of going to art supply stores. I actually maybe go once a year to buy mm. supplies. I normally buy with what I find in my immediate neighborhood. Mm -hmm. All those things that have been overlooked, like carpet, for example, because I've been working with carpets for a number of years. It's like California is the only state in the United States that has a program to re seriously recycle carpet. So I'm interested in that. You know, I'm partially part of, of California, even that I, I've been here only like 13 years, but that is interesting. So I want to incorporate that into my art practice. I, I, I want to feel like the more that I am conscious that what I'm doing has a meaning, it has an impact in the world, I think that the artwork gets more validated by the community and by the institutions. But so if you're going to, okay, take that mentality and then apply it to what we're creating here, mm -hmm. like what would you... You, and then you can <laughs> I'm gonna take over the podcast. And then, Morgan, you answer that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think that that's a question for Morgan. Because okay, yeah. I, mean, I, can, I can have my own idea of what I'm, of what I'm doing. But, yeah. but this is Morgan's project. You should ask her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this, you know, is, this is super interesting to me to be working with both of you in this week. Because POS, definitely like what I'm hearing is this real like vision that carries over well into public art and has a certain real integrity around using repurposed materials and use thinking about your art really in service to like this these larger messages and i also think it's worth saying that it's been difficult for you to make a lot of money mm -hmm. because 
you don't just work for hire for residential, for example. Mm -hmm. So that has sort of been a constant limiter for mm -hmm. you to find expression and to mm -hmm. get foothold and have stability and mm -hmm. things like that. I mean, so I think, you know, I always, I, I think that being an artist is a bit of a dance. And then with Shannon, she's like, hey, I'm willing to just, I'll paint because I just want to come and paint and I'll paint beautiful flowers I'm in your bathroom. I'm kind of a crafty, I'm a crafts person. I think of myself kind of more craft. I would like to one day move a little bit more towards art like mm -hmm. you know like more like a social kind of it's actually we talked you know a little bit about how i yeah i would like i've created a few pieces where i feel like are social changey but they're mm -hmm. not nobody wants they didn't even get well, very many likes on instagram like, sometimes you know? there's like a better than worse than and it's like everyone is going after different things and how, what we truly feel called how to express our art and i will say for the first five, maybe even 10 years as an artist, for me, not having to go to my desk job, my corporate job, not having to work on a computer all day was success enough. If you oh. want me to paint fairies in your daughter's bathroom, oh. I'm your person, you know, because my, yeah. my idea of success was I wanted a job that I enjoyed, that I didn't have to work at a corporate desk, that was flexible, that I wanted to be What'd my you own do boss. Before? Uh, I was in IT. Okay. I was fixing computers. It's super like, gotta oh, be here now, gotta mm -hmm. fix this now, gotta get the server oh, up. Long you're a hours. technical person. Mm -hmm. Not anymore, but, oh, but I you was. were. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So it felt like that really met my goals for what I needed then. And I've, and I didn't go to school. But you pretty much off the bat were pretty darn good. I like you keep you saying, saying my early stuff. I, and I, well, I need to see your early stuff because I've, I remember. Maybe I'll post a few images. But anyway, you know, now that I'm getting into like the last eight years, I've been doing about 18 years. It's evolved for all of a sudden. It's like, well, I actually, it's more and more important to me that my artwork be shared in a shared space because I really want a broader audience to. Um, experience good quality art and yeah. I'm making a compliment to myself that it's good yeah. quality or whatever but I, I feel yeah, you're the best. Yeah. so actually you know PAS is really focused on the public art for me I also still want to support my family with it so mm -hmm. my happy medium seems to be commercial projects because mm -hmm. it's both a broader group is seeing it and I'm also able to make money off it so the project that we're at right now we're at Stone Ridge Senior Living Facility there's 600 residents, I think 400 units here, and people love it. I'm getting great feedback. I mean, lots of people are going to see these, mm -hmm. and it's paid work. So and you've for incorporated me, one of the residents' photos into yeah, the. No, yeah. and I think and I think that is great. That's that's the part of that, that's the part of the brain that I haven't really developed yet. What like, part? The commercial well, we, part. Yeah, like or, yeah. like that commercial part. I want to point out something about what has happened in, in the last 10 years, mm -hmm. I feel like we're actually in a crisis in mm -hmm. San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I don't know in, in where you live, you know, mm -hmm. in Los Altos, but in San Francisco there is a, there is a profound crisis on an artistic level. Mm -hmm. We're losing our organizations. The artists can't afford to live in the city. Uh, there is a massive exodus of artists to Oakland and other, if you're lucky, to Oakland. Otherwise you go some, yeah, no, somewhere. Yeah, no, I would somewhere. say most, uh, most, are like real artists a lot of the while well, I know one <laughs> has moved to Oakland. So mm -hmm. I was like, well, the one so, person I know. So, I, mean, so. I think it's important to acknowledge that. It's interesting, you know, there's, there's a profound transformation in the art scene in San Francisco. 
we're losing our institutions on our set. Like Galeria La Raza, two months ago, they're getting a 30 days notice. Uh, oh, they have wow. to, they oh. have to find another it's place. It's hard for galleries to make so, money. Yeah. And galleries, some of some of them, they survive because they're they're commercial. But if you're not a commercial, like Galeria La Raza supports, you know. Latino and other mi minorities, especially in the Mission District, and they have a long history of, of you know, but addressing a lot of issues that concern our big community, and they are maybe not going to be able to make it in, in the Mission. They maybe have to move somewhere else. Hopefully not. Like, there's like three big arts buildings in the Mission that in the last three years they have closed down. Yeah. So we're losing. Yeah. So we're losing a lot of that rich textile that we had before, mm -hmm. for sure. And on the other hand, I agree that there is more money coming. However, the new generations that are uh, living in San Francisco right now, they are not really interested in, in arts. If you look at what has been growing up in the Mission districts and other neighborhoods in San Francisco in the last five or 10 years, you can say that there is developments restaurants, gift shops, and technological shops, but there hasn't been any raise in the amount of galleries or art spaces. Mm -hmm. So it's been like an, an inversion. Mm -hmm. So there, that's the problem. When people come, displace the traditional inhabitants of a community that have been thriving and struggling for years, you got to bring something to balance it out. So that's why I'm saying that right now, there's a crisis, mm -hmm. there's an art crisis mm -hmm. In our city. Well, I think, I mean, it's so difficult to just even live in San Francisco. Like, nobody can afford it. I mean, I have rent control. That's how I can afford it. I would, I, there's no way I would could afford my apartment. But I think the San Francisco Arts Commission, which you're, you've worked with and are on mm -hmm. the list with, like, they have created San Francisco as a mural arts destination city. Like, you know, they have that thing where, you, I don't know if they still have it, but where, if your building gets tagged, thank you for the taggers, then you can get a free mural on your on your really? building. Yeah. But the artist, there's a list of artists, and the artist only gets paid $1,000. But they could do a public piece of art, which is very prestigious. You're on the list. I've... I tried to get on the list. They mm -hmm. they denied me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's interesting. Like I, I'm personally feeling more aligned with like San Jose and the Peninsula. Oh. I'm just saying out loud because I feel like there's my my perception is there's a lot of artists in San Francisco and there's even a different flavor of kind of art that they want to create that maybe. I don't know. I mean, I do believe in, in local artists a little bit, so I don't apply to the San Francisco stuff. I just mm -hmm. apply to the San Jose. Mm -hmm. I, I just, and, you know, the local stuff. Some of the art commission uh, calls for artists are open to other counties. Mm -hmm. So, like, mostly they're all for San Francisco. Like, you have to live or work mm -hmm. in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. But there is, I would say, 50% of them you can be from o from Oakland, not for the grants, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, for the micro grants that they have, but for like bigger projects, sometimes it's even on a national level. Hmm. Mm, they, requ they, they request artists on a, on a national level. So you should, you should investigate That's because it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty open and they have a big, there's commission have a big range of different programs mm -hmm. from grants to grants to institutions, individual commissions, cultural equity grants. 
They have a street arts program, you know, like this beautification street art. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of things that they're doing. Well, I've, I feel like for me, like I come from a decorative background. Like I don't necessarily even consider myself. I mean, I, I would maybe say artist, but I kind I mean, of. Shannon, I'm you like, are so self-deprecating. I would say. <laughs> I would say muralist. I would say I'm a muralist because I think that's kind of like, but you come from like more conceptual and I think it would be interesting to like see where, how that combines. Okay. It's on these utility boxes. You guys have to see, I'll post pictures of these utility boxes, putting these two where Shannon has, you know, so much decorative art experience. She's done a million faux finishes. I'm like faux finishing. It's sort of like like I need to do faux finishes, but Paz has such a good other aesthetic and sense. And so putting them together is actually, I think, successful from my well, standpoint. I think it's a good, com- think it's a good combination <laughs> because I actually didn't know what a faux, what is it, faux, faux, a faux finish, a faux yeah. finish was. I'm like, oh my God, I, what, I didn't, and, I, and no, now like, I don't know I'm what I'm getting is. you guys to use the water squirter. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we're learning a lot of tricks here. Yeah. And, and you're, you're like, yeah. you mix with the roller. I'm like, no, it must be a chef brush. <laughs> no. And you're like, mix with the roller. <laughs> you know, okay, here, let's just, these are just a few things that are exciting about working with other people. Like, when Shannon saw a certain brush I have, she got excited. And there's a certain camaraderie that comes with her assistance. Like, that oh, brush excites nice you. Yeah. Or like, certain I saw it earlier and I was when like, you get oh, the color right, one. and everyone's like, I know, uh, I know, we did it. You know, there's yeah. a certain amount of success and camaraderie. I really am enjoying working with other people. We're working with other artists. And I think so often we do work in our own silos and we don't cross pollinate enough. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do appreciate you guys coming out. Okay, so my question is, how did you get so good? Like, how did you, mm. like, I'm where I am. I want to be able to rock out and do some gorgeous <coughs> landscape. Do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. Two days, bam, out. I mean, you're mm. like, you're fast. Yeah. I mean, you obviously have some natural ability, you know but like, how did you get so good? Here's what I think. I think that, um, when I first did my first mural, it did suck. I'm not lying. I don't but at that. the same time, <laughs> there was like a certain voice to it. Like it had a certain rhythm or pattern or way of expressing. And I remember feeling like, wow, I have a style. Like that. <laughs> oh, you a had a certain, style from your first from mural. From the first thing, it was like, oh man, I still like, like figured out my style. <laughs> no, no, but hear me out. Like, Slowly, I just went with my strengths, and I've picked the tools that go with my strengths also. So, like, there's not a lot of mural artists that work with, for example, house paints. Mural artists Mm -hmm. who, self-respecting mural artists might not do that. But I found the way the colors blend towards gray, keep them soft, gives me so much color control. So that this softness, like, I just figured out that's sort of... I develop, I've developed a style that comes super naturally to me, and that's why I'm so fast. So you're basically natural. I'm basically, no, so for example, <laughs> let me give you another example, because this, this, like I'm painting these utility boxes really quick. Yeah. Well, my project right before this, Lululemon commissioned me to yeah. do some murals, and yeah. they commissioned me to do these soft landscapes. I love soft landscapes. And they wanted They're me to amazing. write yeah. some Lululemon quotes on them. And I was like, well, what font do you want me to use? I did all this like font searching, take this time. And then I also just took a Sharpie and just wrote it in my hand. And they said, well, we like your hand. And so guess how long it took me to put that on the wall? And then it gave me confidence for this project 
You know, when I'm oh, writing the names yeah. of these birds, yeah. I'm like, oh, we're doing the Morgan font today. Oh, yeah. Because it's so darn fast. I mean, if yeah. I'm like, oh, I want to do a typewriter font on these. Oh, now I'm mm. going to do this other font. I want to do this groovy font. I had to project it. I had to, you know, if I have to. So you're just saying you trust yourself? Yeah, like I'm like, like this is my this is my hand. This is okay. This okay, is how okay. I write Kingfisher. Yeah, and I'm just gonna write Kingfisher the way I write it without overthinking it, and it's gonna be okay, fine. I, I can see that. Just I, like this color, so I'm just gonna do this color. So I make a lot of unilateral decisions that are that's 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 essentially the core of how I move quickly and why yeah. I seem to have a certain certain voice to it. So I think yeah, it's like trusting yourself. No, I think you're right. I mean, like, the one that I'm going to paint over Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I was noticing. But you did make some decisions. Wait, just make the, the one that you're going to paint over that. My masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, okay. The, but, but you did make some decisions that, like, aren't typical or traditional in just even the way that you, like, put them on the wall. Like, I don't know. So I, I mean I can see where you 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 went with your style right off the bat, but the the other thing is is I you know I do think there's like an innate talent in some people. I mean it's unfortunate. I like hopefully you can help me get my style and I can just at right. least learn some right. of the right. your tools in your yeah. toolbox. But yeah, but like. I mean, I mean, I really think it's... So what it's, I'm saying is this finding your voice. Like, that worked really yes, well for sure me. And I'm going to just... You just went with your voice. Wow. That way, which it's kind of like painterly. But see, you were still working with someone. You were still working for someone, and you did it in your voice. So that... that yeah, I don't think I've... I you haven't mean, done I had that a corporate, I just did it in my own. My first murals were just on my own. Yeah. In my house. But I think, yeah. like, I generally... Like I, I cop. I'm a copier. I copy things. I'm like, and I'm waiting till I'm good enough to not have to copy. But that's kind of that's kind of because we were talking about a Peter Pan. You know, like I was asking Path if if she would ever do a Peter Pan mural. You know, for example, because I, you know, I'm not a Peter Pan fan or whatever. And I rolled my eyes. And you were like, no. But then you thought about it a little bit more, and you're like, if I could do it in my own way, in my own style. And Pete, but but it, see, yeah. I I don't I, yeah I generally yeah, yeah that's interesting for me now and just this that's interesting okay I like that answer. I have and I have another question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. we'll wrap it up. Okay, with this question, mm-hmm. but it's like when you discovered that you had that unique style, I believe that there was a moment where you decided, wow, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm good at it. I think I I think this is what I want to do. What strategies did you put? in consideration or what what were the, the the strategies that you consider in order to bring your work into the world and, mm-hmm. and get commissions and get your work seen? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say for one, I had a really low bar because I didn't go to art school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I remember my sister who did study art and then she went to Europe and got her master's in art. When I told her I painted a mural on my wall, she was just horrified. She was sure it was going to be awful. And I just didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. I was just like, um, I just found some house paint and I just had fun, right? So my approach was I'm making a little bit of money and I'm having fun. So I didn't have a big criteria. So I think mm-hmm. that's one thing I had really low expectations. Like, oh, you're huh. going to pay me 200 bucks a day? What do you want me to pay? I don't I'm not, you know, like I didn't have any skills or qualifications. I mean, I, you know, I did, but I couldn't believe that people were going to pay me to paint. So one thing was I was, I was sort of scrappy. 
And that helped at the beginning, I think, to be honest. And, and maybe, I mean, that's not a very good strategy. You're, but you're fast. <laughs> no, too. But, but you know, but it's, it's, it's an interesting model, yeah. you know, because yeah. you can be like the artist who is like premature artist in your family, and then you're like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to art school. That's the only thing I mm-hmm. like, have in my mind. I'm going to art school. Or you discover maybe on a later age, right? Like like you. Yeah. Because if I remember correctly, that was like like you were an adult, right? Yeah. When you 26. Were, I was not the artist in the family. I studied yeah. economics. Yeah. And I was like, like in the business. So and, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm always uh, interested, like what is like that moment where you decide, oh, uh, actually, forget about what I did in college. This is actually what I want to do. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I, it's fascinating well, to me. Well, and so at the moment I did that, I had... A few months after I painted that first mural, I had painted a second, and I loved it. And what I most identified was I wanted my time to be my own, and then I wanted to have my own business. So I had quit my job, and then I thought, okay, I want to start my own business so I could fix computers. I could do... I had a few other, like, business ideas I was chipping away at, and... In the meantime, I was doing what I loved, which was painting and fixing up my house in general. So I was painting all the walls of my house and laying tile and just realizing how much I liked working with my hands. So there was a few epiphanies, which was one, I wanted to have my own business. Two, I liked working with my hands. And and then the it just took like six months or a year. Where I got just a project here, a project that and there. And all of a sudden I got... 12, a series of 12 mural projects from a hotel that just came my way out of pure good luck. And it kept me busy for about six months. And pretty much after that, I was like, you know, I think I could find another job after this. So it was sort of like wanting to have my own business came before it turned into an art business, too, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. I was like... So you're actually a businesswoman (coughs) first. I was a business person looking for a business when I fell into murals. Oh, that's interesting (laughs) because... Artists in general don't tend to be very good business people. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I'm, a, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I love money and I love spending money, but like, I'm, you know, yeah. I. It helps me. To, I mean, like that first gig I landed, I had a little portfolio under my thing. I had a business card. You know, I knew how to dress professionally. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Oh, is that your portfolio?" And I just sort of like sighed. Oh no, no. Well, yours is unique. We're going to just look at your project, you know, so I didn't really have quite the portfolio. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was, you know, just kind of hustling, trying to gig portfolio. at the time. <laughs> I had a fake portfolio under my arm. Yeah. Oh, well, oh my we don't need to look at those old things. It's not going to apply to you anyway. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, good. Well, we'll get back to work. And, oh, um, yeah. Thanks <laughs> for everybody listening in. Thank and, you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe we'll have you guys on again ciao, soon. Ciao. Ciao. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. thanks for joining me for another episode and I just wanted to add a footnote and a few comments to what Shannon touched on during the interview which was that she had a mural project coming up the following week she was going to paint over a mural I painted and the context is that I just felt like it was worth saying because this is this is something where I differ with a lot of other artists and public art policymakers, is on the longevity of artwork and specifically around a mural. I've spent a lot of time in contracts with life cycle of murals. You know, people are worried about getting sued if they paint it over or this guilt thing or it's trouble for artists. And I want to say, you know, with all my projects, they're an opportunity for me to work, for me to pay my bills, for me to get better at painting murals. I get paid to create custom artwork. And so this project that Shannon was working on, I painted, 
you know, zebras and elephants in maybe a two-year-old's room about 12 years ago. She's 14. She doesn't want zebras and elephants anymore. I completely understand that she wants an ombre fade and it's going to be gorgeous than you are work. And I think it's completely wonderful that I got a job that paid my bills and worked so well for me at the time and brought delight to her. I didn't, you know, cut down any rainforests or, you know, there's so little materials that goes into painting a mural. In fact, in that one, I know I used Natura paint, which is completely non-toxic. So I just had an opportunity to, to be creative. And to me, murals are sort of creating something really beautiful out of very little, just ideas. It's very direct. And it's just on something existing. It's on a wall. So the idea of just painting over it a few years later is great. If it inspires you to take more of a risk, to have more fun with it, be playful, whatever you create in a mural doesn't have to be forever, even if it's at a school or a public place. Murals are relatively inexpensive, such a small footprint. You can change your mind in every five years and create a whole new mural. I really think it's important to emphasize that as an artist, we can set up projects that are a win for us and a win for the client. And there's no loss in the artwork because we continue to create art and continue to improve our craft. And if I want some forever piece in a gallery, that's my art. Well, that's different than I'd get a canvas and I'd keep it and I'd have a different business model. But for the murals, they're great because they're so low stakes. Let's just say that. So I just wanted to add add that context and information into the end of the podcast because I thought that was an important point. And it's so interesting to talk to Paz and Shannon. Shannon, who's approached it completely, you know, from wanting to make a living at it. And then Paz, who really entered it with wanting to express her voice and her vision. And I also think art can be both. You can make a living at it, can't express your vision. It's very tricky. They're both doing a little bit of both. And um, so part of this podcast, it makes me think about wanting to bring more people on that are figuring that out. Artists and also, you know, maybe art coaches, things like that, that can help us think about that. Anyway, enjoy the rest of your day and thanks for listening. Take care. Bye. Bye.